Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, Bobby, one of my favorite things about Urban Spelunking is I get to go with you to all these different neighborhoods, and I don't think we've done anything in the Merrill Park neighborhood, at least not recently. No, I don't think we have. Yeah, so I don't think we have. where is the Merrill Park neighborhood? It is west of downtown, sort of like south of uh, Wisconsin Avenue, north of the freeway. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And from 35th, a bit to the to the east, because oh. there is Merrill, there is an actual Merrill Park that's on 35th, right there, which sort of separates Merrill Park from yeah. Like, is Pigsville it by yeah? And, uh, I was yeah. gonna say, is it by Pigsville? Is it yeah, like right it's just next east door? of Pig, Pigsville. Right? So it's Pigsville's neighbor. Yes. And if you don't know where Pigsville is, go back and watch our Milwaukee with John Gerda episode where we where he told us all about Pigsville. We've got and, a nice video there. And Merrill Park is was sort of founded by Irish immigrants or and okay. Irish Americans who fled the Third Ward. After the fire. Okay, so 34th and St. Paul yeah. is where we're at today on Urban Spelunking at the Samuel Weinstock House. This is a, a beautiful, uh, you know, ornate doesn't even really describe it. <laughs> and you would mock me if I said it. Really. <laughs> that, that's one of our favorite words here, but it's yes. true because this is just a gorgeous old house, an 1889 house that belonged to Samuel Weinstock. So first, who was Samuel Weinstock? So he was a German immigrant who uh, came to Wisconsin. He was sort of all around the state. He um, had been in Fond du Lac County. He'd been in Rubicon. He'd been in a bunch of different places where he set up. He was a cattle dealer for a while, and then okay. he opened a store for a really long time, ran a store. Um, and then when he retired, what kind of store? Uh, just like a mercantile, like general store kind of thing. Weinstock and Sons or something? <laughs> no, I don't know if there were Sons. Maybe Making maybe things not. up. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they sold so, wine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay, so, so he had a store. Um, that's speculation. Though. I was never in there. Oh, great. Um, but so then when he decided to retire, he came to Milwaukee. He retired to Milwaukee. Okay. Which is sort of an interesting, if we think about now, people in Milwaukee generally retire yes. up north or something, you know. It's kind of the reverse trend. It was the reverse trend back then, but he bought these lots. They're the It was not really developed at that point. He bought a bunch of lots, to, um, and that's one of them is where he built this gorgeous house, which interestingly was built in a style that was very in vogue in Germany at the time. Okay. I think he remained pretty connected to Germany. His wife was also an immigrant from Bavaria. Um, it was kind of a, a combination of these styles, right? A little Queen Anne. Yeah. Little... Yeah. Just this sort of like really flamboyant Victorian house with, it's got like a, a tower that's got a pointy almost hat uh-huh. <laughs> on the top and, and just really stunning, really unique looking. And I mean, you, once you've seen it, you'll always recognize it right away because it's just so spectacular. Yeah, it's crazy to think about back in the 1880s that this area was empty. It's just, to me, yeah, that's just nuts yeah. to think about any part of Milwaukee being empty at one time, but obviously it was uh, developed and, and these houses came from somewhere, you know? Yeah, and, yeah absolutely. But, um, yeah, just you got to think of like, what was that like in the 1880s on 34th and what was St. Paul at the time? And there's so many, um, if you go around that neighborhood, just like Concordia to the north, there's so many really big impressive houses that you know were were built you know to specifications of a guy who had some money and wanted something very specific wanted something that made a statement wanted something interesting sure. they weren't just these kind of like standard milwaukee homes that you see like sometimes you go up a block and you see like just a whole row of those milwaukee duplexes that have right. the porch down and the porch up no cookie cutters and there, this- there are some but i mean you but these really jump out at you how and how many there were and it had all those details, a beautiful porch, uh, some incredible Cream City's brickwork yeah, inside, a grand staircase, all this amazing woodwork and yeah. carved elements, uh, hardwood floors, of course, you know, a real statement as a home. 
So what happened for years and years? He lived there, and then it, it, others, yeah, other folks lived then, there as a rental property, right? Yeah, and what's there? Oh, there was this interesting aside that uh, the woman who owns it now and and other people have told me that the house for many years was a funeral home, hmm. but I could not find any confirmation in any kind of records to show that it was there. like the city. Uh, permits for it don't ever show it being anything other than a residence. So an underground funeral home. That seems really weird, but neighbors, like super old neighbors, would tell the owner, oh yeah, I remember when it was, you know, I'd see the caskets coming in and out, and it was a funeral home, and and when I posted the story on Facebook, some people were like, oh yeah, that place used to be a funeral home. And I could not find anything to that. Nothing in city directories, nothing. Hmm. So it may have been a renegade underground funeral home <laughs> of some kind. <laughs> nothing like the good old days, right, Bobby? Yeah, nothing like the good old days. Anything went. Well, this is really a success story then. If you if you think about you know all the work that led up to the sale of this home to a private buyer, and uh, it happened. The, the, the home was purchased, it was fixed up, and it's now occupied by somebody who people might know in the community and who has done a lot of the work herself. So who's the new owner, Bobby? Uh, the current owner is Sherry Tussler, who runs the Hunger Task Force. Oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, that's awesome, isn't it? That, well, it's cool that you know somebody who um, you know works in Milwaukee, does a lot of community work, now is kind of walking the walk and living right in the city. Totally walking um, the walk, right? And this is not her first rehab. In fact, she's done a few homes like this, hasn't she? Yeah, she's done, this was her third. Wow. Yeah. So um, this is another example, though, of one of those cases where the city got this house and it was in bad shape. The porch was crumbling. There were some other things like that, that they stepped in. And before they ever even put it on the market, they took that porch down and rebuilt it brick by brick so that it would be in good enough shape to actually present to potential buyers. And uh, Sherry saw it and she was living in Tosa at the time and she felt like the neighborhood she was in wasn't really diverse enough for her. So... um, she decided to kind of take the plunge and do it. And she did, you know, as I said, she had done two rehabs before, mm-hmm. so she had some knowledge, but she went in there and, uh, with her brother, who I think is a contractor, they did tons of the work themselves. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. So again, this is on 34th and St. Paul in the Merrill Park neighborhood. And at the time that you, uh, published this story, Bobby, you got a little update. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next here on Urban Spelunking, but there's another property on the block that, might have a future in the Tussler name. Yeah. More about that next. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. And we are back on Urban Spelunking, 34th and St. Paul in the Merrill Park neighborhood. This is the Samuel Weinstock home. Current owner Sherry Tussler, who has really rehab this thing from uh, from the inside out. Um, a lot of work had already been done by the city, but she, she took it from there and made this her home, and it's really beautiful on the inside. Yeah, the city did uh, some work outside. I don't know that they did much inside, but she's really transformed the inside, but she has also maintained the beautiful hardwood floors, the just the gorgeous stairway in the entrance and all that. She's She definitely loves the historic aspect of it. Well, we mentioned in the first half that there is kind of a track record for uh, Ms. Tussler. She has done this before. She's rehabbed a few buildings or a few houses in the past. And uh, when you were there, Bobby, there was a, there was a, a possible fourth well, that what's she funny, spotted, right? What's funny is I remember standing in the hallway of the house and her saying, this is my third and last one. I'm not doing this again. But yet somehow before I left that day, she did mention that there was a house across the street that was vacant and mm-hmm. um, next to a house that had been burned out in a fire that she was, it was burned badly enough that she thought it would be raised, you know, the one next door. Um, 
so she said, you know, I'm kind of interested maybe in buying that one and fixing it up because I think they'll tear down that other house and maybe that'll be like we could put a public garden there and okay. then have the house next door to that. Kind of interested. And then before the story ran, um, she told me that she has indeed actually purchased that house <laughs> and it is torn down to the studs awaiting drywall. Then she's going to, she bought it and she's going to make a rental property out of it because she really wants to see, she's trying to kind of help her little area there yeah. uplift a little. I think she's hoping the her house plus the public garden plus, you know, another uh, house next door to it that's in good shape can help just kind of sort of seed a revival of this little area. Well, I think that really shows you, though, you know, a commitment from from her and it, it you know, makes you think about like what could happen on these blocks when people start investing in these city-owned properties. I mean, we've we've seen the foreclosure number go down in the yeah. last um, you know five six years, but there's still a lot out there and still a lot of work to do. Yeah, and there's a lot, I mean, there are a lot of neighborhoods in Milwaukee that really need some help and some investment. And you know, I think anybody who's doing any of it is is definitely part of the solution. Yeah, and it definitely does take the right kind of person, though, for it sure. Does. <laughs> right? I it, mean, well, it takes the right kind of person to to make the investment. And it takes the right kind of person who can do the work, I think, themselves, you know, and is committed to doing it and is willing to kind of ride the ride the wave. You know, I mean, there's there's challenges in the neighborhood and, you know, she admits that. And but it hasn't scared her away. She's she's still there. And it, and really, if anything, it's caused her to, as we can see, double down and really make a commitment. Yeah, I mean, when I bought a house, there was a lot of work to be done, and it was overwhelming. I mean, it was really, and I just, it was a small little house on, you know, the south side, like almost St. Francis. I can't imagine taking on one of these historical properties that you have to, you know, uh, do so much work that has to be checked off and signed off by the city. And it it really sounds like a project, but. I think it also takes, I mean, it takes the sort of ability to kind of just sort of strap on the tool belt and get at it. Yeah. But also. You know, and to I live it, on a construction site, like she said. Yeah, right? it I takes mean, patience because she knows she can't do it all at once. So right. it takes the patience to sort of tackle what you can tackle when you can and live with the rest until until you can get to it. Well, there are plenty of tool belts to strap on around Milwaukee if you're trying to get into this. Uh, lots of city-owned foreclosures and a really robust program that the city runs with lots of resources available to, to homeowners. Yeah, the city gets these properties most often, I think, through tax foreclosures. People don't pay their taxes. They, they're basically giving up on it and walking away, and then the city takes it. And some of them get raised, some of them get fixed up, some of them get sold. I mean, they, you know, they're always trying to find buyers who will mm-hmm. buy this property. The city doesn't really want to be a, a landlord or a real estate <laughs> agency, but it finds itself in that position. Right. And I'm we've sure talked that... about a, a bunch of these homes in Concordia that were just beautiful old homes that just fell on hard times that the city is try- always trying to match to a, an interested owner. Yeah, and what impression do you get from the city? I mean, do they do they genuinely want to save these historic homes? Or oh, yeah. They, yeah. So, I mean, it, there's a real incentive to, to they, get a buyer to make it an attractive uh, offer for that buyer. Yeah, I feel like they do, you know, I've done tours of a lot of these houses with them, and even some of the ones that are in really, really terrible shape, they'll talk about how they sealed the roof. They, I mean, they do a lot of work on them before they put them on the market. They, they at least enclose them so that there's not more damage happening. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like sure, they'll, yeah. Um, in some cases, and they'll stabilize the situation. Yeah, in some cases, they'll rebuild. A, you know, the, we talked about this old house on Second Street in uh, Brewers Hill last year that has now been sold, and um, that's one too where they put on a new roof, they repainted the outside, they built, they rebuilt the entire porch. Wow. I mean, they will do some work to because they realize that how individual homes affects how people see neighborhoods and what happens in neighborhoods, and so they're trying to um, improve 
the whole neighborhood sort of one house <laughs> at a time in some of these cases. And they do work hard. They offer all kinds of incentives. They offer like they offer grants for things. They offer like forgivable loans. Sure. You know, all kinds of things. They're really interested in getting something done in most of these houses. They really don't want to tear them down because empty lots are not really what, you know, an empty lot's an empty lot. Well, that is the Samuel Weinstock House on 34th and St. Paul. That is the Merrill Park neighborhood. You can go inside and see pictures from the inside and uh, really a beautiful home, carefully restored. Podcasts on 88.9 are produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from On Milwaukee and, of course, your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org on iTunes or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzilla, we've got your column linked up at RadioMilwaukee.org. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate.